listeners, it's me, Phil, with Sam here, and we will be reading Chapter 3, The Letters from No One, of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And after Book 1, we will read Book... After Book 1, we will read The Pushcart War, and after Book 2 of Harry Potter, we will be reading The Trumpet of the Swan. So take it away, Sam! Ape of the Brazilian Boa Constrictor earned Harry his longest ever punishment. By the time he was allowed out of his cupboard again, the summer holidays had started and Dudley had already broken his new video camera, crashed his remote control airplane, and first time out on his racing bike, knocked down old Mrs. Fig as she crossed River Drive on her crutches. Oh yes, so I have a question about that. Did he purposefully crash his toy airplane? You mean crash, knock down Mrs. No, no, his toy airplane. I'm pretty sure he just breaks his toys on purpose so his parents have to buy him new ones. Because he wants his parents to be poor. I mean, I have an idea about what Dudley did to to his airplane. What? So he flew it. But, um, he just flew it into some sort of car or truck. Or maybe it ran over his... Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Harry was glad school was over, but there was no escaping Dudley's gang, who visited the house every single day. Piers, Dennis Malcolm, and Gordon were all big and stupid. But as Dudley was the biggest and stupidest of the lot, he was the leader. The rest of them were all quite happy to join Dudley's favorite sport, Harry hunting. This was why Harry spent as much time as possible out of the house, wandering around and thinking about the end of the holidays when he could see a tiny ray of hope. When September came, he would be off going to secondary school, and for the first time in his life, he wouldn't be with Dudley. Dudley had been expected, accepted at Uncle Vernon's old private school called Smeltings. Pierce Polkis was going there, too. Harry, on the other hand, was going to Stonewall High, the local public school. Dudley thought this was very funny. The stuff people they stuffed people's heads down the toilet the first day at Stonewall. He told Harry. Actually, <clears throat> they stuffed people's they stuffed people's heads down the toilet the first day at Stonewall. He told Harry. Want to come upstairs and practice? No thanks, said Harry. The poor toilets never had anything as horrible as horrible as your head down it. It might be sick. Then he ran before Dudley could work out what he said. One day in July, Aunt Petunia took Dudley to London to buy him his smelting uniform, leaving Harry at Mrs. Figs. Mrs. Figs wasn't bad as usual. It turned out she'd broken her leg, tripping over one of her cats, and didn't seem quite as fond of him as before. She let Harry watch television, gave him a bit of chocolate cake that tasted as though she had it for several years, though. That evening, Dudley paraded around the living room for the first for the family in his brand new uniform. Smelting boys wore maroon tailcoats, orange knickerbockers, and flat straw hats called boaters. What are knickerbockers and what are boaters? Uh, boaters, didn't you read the description? Oh yeah, now I, oh yeah, I, I remember. Come on. But knickerbockers are, uh, are what people wore in the 1800s, and tailcoats are... Yeah, they look just look pretty ridiculous. I know what tailcoats look like. They, he would if if you actually if he look if he was wearing this stuff in real life, this is ridiculous. Um, 
Wait, no, he Probably should go to a... War okay. He should go to a formal meeting in those clothes. They also carried knobbly sticks used for hitting each other while the teachers weren't looking. This was supposed to be good training for later life. As he looked at Dudley in his new knickerbockers, Uncle Vernon said gruffly that he, it was the proudest moment of his life. Aunt Petunia also burst into tears and said he couldn't believe it was her ickle duddykins. He looked so handsome and grown up. <laughs> ickle duddykins. <laughs> Harry didn't trust himself to speak. He thought two of his ears might have already cracked from trying not to laugh. <laughs> no. How about let's meet my ickle duddykins? Ickle duddykins. Yeah, anyways, we gotta keep reading. Okay, yeah, come on. There was a horrible smell in the kitchen the next morning when Harry went in for breakfast. It seemed to be coming from a large metal tub in the sink. He went to have a look. The tub was full of what looked like dirty rags swimming in gray water. What's this? he asked Aunt Petunia. Her lips tightened as they always did before he asked a question. Start reading. Your new school uniform. Your new school uniform, she said. Harry had a look in the bowl again. Oh, he said. I didn't realize it had to be so wet. Don't be stupid, snapped Aunt Petunia. I'm dyeing some of Dudley's old gray things for you. It'll look like everyone else's when I'm finished. Harry seriously doubted this, but he thought that it best not to argue. He sat down at the table, trying not to think about how he was going to look on his first day at Stonewall High. He was wearing, like he was wearing, bits of old elephant skin, probably. Dudley and Uncle Vernon came in both both with wrinkled noses because of the smell of Harry's new uniform. Uncle Vernon opened his newspaper as usual, and Dudley banged his smelting stick, which he carried everywhere on the table. They heard a click of the mail slot open up on the doormat. Get the mail, Dudley, said Uncle Vernon from behind the sweeper. Make Harry get it. Get the mail, Harry. Make Dudley hit it. Poke him with your smelting stick, Dudley. Harry dodged the smelting stick and went out to get the mail. Three things lay on the doormat. A postal card from Uncle Vernon's sister, Marge, who was vacationing on the Isle of White. A brown envelope that looked like a bill. A letter for Harry. Yes? Harry picked it up and stared at it. His heart twanking like twanging like a giant elastic band. No one ever in his whole life had written to him. Who would? He had no friends, no other relatives. He didn't belong to the library, so he'd never even gotten rude notes asking for books back. Yet here it was, a letter addressed so plainly there could be no mistake. Mr. H. Potter, the cupboard under the stairs, for Privet Drive, Little Whining, Little Win- Winging, Little Winging, Surrey. The envelope was thick and heavy, made of yellowish parchment, and the address was written in emerald green ink. There was no stamp. Turning the envelope over, he, his hand trembling, Harry saw a purple wax seal, a coat of arms, a lion, an eagle, a badger, and a snake surrounding a large letter H. Yes. Do you know what the that? Do you know what the raven stands for? Actually, it's an eagle, not a raven. 
Hmm, then what does, you know what the eagle stands for? Well, we can't really, I mean, it stands for, I, I can't say. It's, folks, it, folks, if you don't want to hear the spoiler alert, please turn off your podcast. Okay, mm-hmm. Raven is for Ravenclaw, Snake is for Slytherin. No, 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 no. eagle for Ravenclaw. Badger, eagle for Ravenclaw. Badger for Hufflepuff, yes. and Lion for Gryffindor, and Snake for, and Snake for Slytherin. Slytherin, yeah. No, and also, which house would you be in the most, want to be in the most? I don't know. According to Digital Hogwarts test, they all placed me in uh, Slytherin, apparently. Although, most of those are pretty faulty, and they place everyone in Slytherin. I mean, did you actually kind of... Do you kind of want to be big and famous? Mm, I really don't care. Let's let's go ahead and... Uh, I'd be on Ravenclaw. I don't even want to go to Hogwarts, because then I can't be with my family. I'd love to be at Ravenclaw, though. What? But I'd rather not go to to um Hogwarts in the first place. If I did have to, Ravenclaw. Okay. But anyways, we got to get back to the book. Hurry up, boy. Hurry up, boy, shouted Uncle Vernon from the kitchen. What are you doing? Checking for letter bombs? He chuckled at his own joke. Harry went back to the kitchen, still staring at his letter. He handed Uncle Vernon the build and the postcard, sat down, and slowly began to open the yellow envelope. Uncle Vernon ripped open the bill, snorted in disgust, and flipped over the postcard. Marjazil. He informed Aunt Petunia. Ate a funny whelk. Dad, said Dudley. Dad, Harry's got something. Harry was on the point of unfolding his letter, which was written on the same heavy parchment as the envelope, when it was jerked sharply out of his hand. That's mine, said Harry, trying to snatch it back. Who'd be writing to you? sneered Uncle Vernon, shaking. The letter opened with one hand and glancing at it. His face went from red to green faster than a set of traffic lights. And it didn't stop there. Within seconds, it was a grayish white of old porch. Petunia, he gasped. Dudley tried to grab the letter and read it, but Uncle Vernon held it high out of reach. Aunt Petunia took it curiously and read the first line. For a moment, it looked as though she might faint. She clutched her throat and made a choking noise. Vernon! Oh my goodness, Vernon! They stared at each other, seeming to forget forgotten that Harry and Dudley were still in the room. Dudley wasn't used to being ignored. He gave his father a sharp tap on the head with his melting stick. I want to read that letter. I want to read it, said Harry furiously, as it's mine. Get out, both of you, croaked Uncle Vernon. Stuffing the letter back inside of its envelope. Harry didn't move. I want my letter! Let me see it, demanded Dudley. Out! roared Uncle Vernon as he took both Harry and Dudley by the scruffs of their neck and threw them into the hall, slamming the kitchen door behind them. Harry and Dudley promptly had a furious but silent fight over who would listen at the keyhole. Dudley won, so Harry, his glasses dangling from one ear, lay flat on his stomach to listen at the crack between the door and floor. Vernon, said Aunt Petunia in a quivering voice, look at the address. How could they possibly know where he sleeps? You don't think they're watching the house? Watching? Spying? Might be following us? muttered Uncle Vernon widely. What? But what should they do, Vernon? Should we write back, tell them that we don't want... 
Harry could see Uncle Vernon's shiny black shoes pacing up and down the kitchen. No, he said finally. No, we'll ignore it. If they don't get an an answer, yes, yes, that's best. We won't do anything. But, but, I'm not having one in the house, Petunia. Didn't we swear when we took him in? We'd stamp out that dangerous nonsense. That evening, when he got back from work, Uncle Vernon did something he'd never do before. He visited Harry in his cupboard. Where's my letter? Said Harry the, mo the moment Uncle Vernon had squeezed through the door. Who's writing to me? No one. It was addressed to you by mistake. Said Uncle Vernon. I have burned it. It was not a mistake. Said Harry angrily. angrily. It had my cupboard on it. Silence! yelled Uncle Vernon, and a couple of spiders fell from the ceiling. He took a few deep breaths and then forced his face into a smile, which looked quite painful. Er, uh, yes, Harry. I bought this cupboard. Your aunt and I have been thinking. Yes? Has he never smiled in his life ever since he so, got Harry? I think he's just so fat he can't smile. <laughs> That's hilarious. He's like... Okay, yeah, so I'll carry on. Uh, uh, yes. Harry, I want this cupboard. Your aunt and I have been thinking you're really getting a bit big for it. We think it might be nice if you moved into Dudley's second bedroom. What? said Harry. Don't ask any questions, snapped his uncle. Take this stuff upstairs right now. The Dursleys had, had one, had four bedrooms, one for Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petunia, one for visitors, usually Uncle Vernon's sister, one where Dudley slept, and Dudley's second bedroom, and one where Dudley slept, and one where Dudley kept all the toys and things that wouldn't fit in his first bedroom. It only took Harry one trip upstairs to move everything he owned. From his cupboard to the room, he sat down on the bed and stared around him. Nearly everything in here was broken. The month-old video camera was lying on top of a small working tank that Dudley had once driven next over the next-door neighbor's dog. In the corner was Dudley's first-ever television set, where he put his foot through when his favorite program had been canceled. There was a large birdcage, which one once held a parrot. That Dudley had swapped at school for a real what, real air rifle, which was up on a shelf with the end all bent because Dudley had sat on it. Other shelves were full of books. They were the only thing in this room that looked as though they'd never been touched. From downstairs came the sound of Dudley bawling at his mother. I don't want him in there. I need that room. Make him get out. Harry sighed and stretched on the bed. Yesterday he'd have given up anything to be here. Today he'd rather be in his cupboard with that letter than up here without it. Mm, I have a question. Yes. So it's kind of um about this. Um, why did Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon just throw away all the trash like the television set? Uh, because they think Dudley's still using it. I they didn't even know that Dudley traded the parrot. I think they did know about that. 
Except they're just too passive to even get angry at him. Yeah, they don't want to get angry at him. He's supposed to be fat and ugly and dumb. He has nine chins in the second book. Oh my god, nine chins. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, now I'll continue. <laughs> Come on, Terry. side is stretched out on the bed. Yesterday, he. Oh. Next morning at breakfast, everyone was rather quiet. Dudley was in shock. He screamed, whacked his father with his smoking stick, been sick on purpose, kicked his mother, and thrown his tortoise through the greenhouse roof, and he still didn't have his room back. Harry was thinking about all this time yesterday and bitterly whistling, wishing he had opened the letter in the hall. Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petunia kept looking at each other darkly. When the man arrived, Uncle Vernon, who seemed to be trying to be nice to Harry, Made Dudley go get it. They heard him banging things with his smelting stick all the way down the hall. And then he shouted, There's another one, Mr. H. There's another one, Mr. H. Porter, the smallest bedroom, full privet drive. With a strangled cry, Uncle Vernon leapt from his seat and ran down the hall, Harry right behind him. Uncle Vernon had to wrestle Dudley to the ground to get the letter from him, which was made difficult. By the fact that Harry had grabbed Uncle Vernon around the neck from behind. After a minute of confused fighting, in which everyone got hit a lot by the smelting stick, Uncle Vernon straightened up, gasping for breath, with Harry's letter clutched in his hand. Go to your cupboard, I mean your bedroom, he wheezed. Harry, uh, Harry, Dudley, go, just go. Harry walked round and round his new room. Someone knew that he had moved out of his cupboard, and they seemed to know he hadn't received his first letter. Surely that meant they'd try again? This time, he'd make sure they didn't fail. He had a plan. The repaired alarm, alarm clock ran, rang six o'clock the next morning. Harry turned it off quickly and dressed silently. He mustn't wake the Dursleys. He stole downstairs without running, turning on any of the lights. He was going to wait for the postman on the corner of Privet Drive and get the letters for number four first. His heart hammer as he creeps through the dark. Arg! Harry leapt into the air. He'd trodden on something big and squashy on the doormat. <laughs> something alive. Yes? I wonder what it is. I think I, I think we're gonna find out. It's Uncle Vernon. Don't spoil. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, continue. Listeners, Man. please note that this podcast does contain spoiler alerts. A lot of spoilers. So if you if you if you want to get if you want to stop watching, please note that's okay if you don't want spoilers. No, but I only give the minor watching. details. Only a few spoilers will be mentioned in this podcast. Yeah, only a few. Like maybe like one per two episodes. Eh. Whatever. Well, usually there's going to be a lot of spoilers, but folks, please continue listening. It's still a good podcast. Oh, you can just skip over the parts with spoilers, but continue. Lights flipped on upstairs. And also, folks, we'll make sure to tell you if there's a spoiler coming up. Okay. Lights clicked on upstairs, and to his horror, Harry realized that the big squashy something had been his uncle's face. Uncle Vernon <laughs> had been lying at the front door in a sleeping bag. Clearly making sure that Harry didn't do exactly what he's been he's been trying to do. Yes. Imagine if that was a joke. 
<laughs> a mannequin that that um that um Vernon just put a ton of round bananas in. Okay, Phil, we gotta keep reading. I'm sorry, Sam. It's uh, no more. Um, I'm sorry, Phil, but we're gonna uh, we're gonna have to skip. It's just a. Hey, what, uh, if well, we, we can do a, a little, but but we have to actually get reading. Yes. Uncle Vernon had been lying. Oh, wait, I read that part. He shouted at Harry for about a half an hour and then told him to go make a cup of tea. Harry shuffled miserably off into the kitchen and made, and by the time he got back, the mail had arrived right into Uncle Vernon's lap. Harry could see three letters addressed in green ink. I want, he began, but Uncle Vernon was tearing the letters into pieces before his eyes. Uncle Vernon didn't go to work that day. He stayed at home and nailed up the mail slot. See, he explained to Opportunia through a mournful, a mouthful of nails. If they can't deliver them, they'll just give up. I'm not sure that'll work. I'm not sure that'll work, Vernon. Oh, please. People's minds work in very strange ways, Petunia. They're not like you and me, said Uncle Vernon, trying to knock a nail with the piece of fruitcake. Now Petunia trying to knock a nail in, the, in a nail with a piece of fruitcake. Now Petunia just brought him. On Friday, no less than 12 letters arrived for Harry. As they couldn't go through the mail slot, they had been pushed under the door, slotted through the sides, and a few had even forced the small window in the downstairs. I even forced through the small window in the downstairs bathroom. Uncle Vernon stayed at home again. After burning all the letters, he got a he got a hammer and nails and boarded up the cracks around the front and back door so no one could get in. Go out. He hammered up. He hummed tiptoe through the tulips as he worked, and jumped and jumped at small noises. On Saturday, things began to get out of hand. Twenty-four letters to Harry had found their way into the house, rolled up, hidden inside each of the two dozen eggs that that the, their very confused milkman had handed Aunt Petunia through the living room window. While Uncle Vernon made furious telephone calls to the post office. And the dairy, trying to find someone to complain to, Aunt Petunia shredded the letters in her food processor. <coughs> who, on worse, uh, who on earth wants to talk to you this badly? Dudley asked Harry in amazement. On Sunday morning, Uncle Vernon sat down at the breakfast table, looking rather ill, but happy. No post on, no post on Sundays, he reminded them cheerfully as he spread marmalade on his newspapers. No damn letters today. Nothing. Something came busy. Yes. Why would he spread marmalade on his newspapers? Because he's not very smart. Or does he eat his newspapers? Yeah, I think I think he's either he's either half goat or he's just really dumb. <laughs> I think it's half goat. I think he's actually pretty dumb. Anyways, something came out the window on the kitchen, down the kitchen chimney as he spoke, and caught him sharply on the back of the head. Next moment, thir- thirty or forty letters came. Pelting out of the fireplace like bullets. The Dursleys ducked, but Harry leapt into the air trying to catch one. Out! Out! Uncle Vernon seized Harry around the waist and threw him into the hall. When Opportunia and Dudley had run out run out with their arms over the faces, Uncle Vernon slammed the door shut. They could hear the letters still streaming into the room, bouncing off the walls and floor. That does it, said Uncle Vernon, trying to speak calmly but pulling great tufts of his mustache out at the same time. I want you all back here in five minutes, ready to leave. We're going away. Just pack some clothes. No arguments. Yes, what is it? 
Um, I feel like, um, it would be easier if they made some kind of better, easier contact to Harry. Like, maybe, like, somehow, like, got it through into his room. I'm pretty sure they're kind of assuming that the Dursleys are going to be nice and let him have it. Okay, anyways. He looks so dangerous with half his mustache missing that nobody... No one dared to, dared argue. Next, ten minutes later, they had wrenched their way through the boarded-up doors and were in the car, speeding towards the highway. Dudley was sniffling in the back seat. His father had hit him round the head for holding up, holding them up when he tried to pack his television, VCR, and computer in his sports bag. They drove and they drove. Even opportunity didn't dare ask where they were going. Even. Every now and then, Uncle Vernon would take a sharp turn in the opposite direction for a while. Shake him off! Shake him off! He would mutter when he did this. They didn't stop to eat or drink all day. By nightfall, Dudley was howling. He'd never had such a bad day in his life. He was hungry and he'd missed five television programs he'd wanted to see. And he'd never gone so long without blowing up an alien on his computer. <laughs> Uncle Vernon stopped at last out of... At last, outside a gloomy-looking hotel on the outskirts of a big city, Dudley and Harry shared a room with twin beds and damp, musty sheets. Dudley snored a bit, but Harry stayed awake, sitting on the windowsill, staring down at the lights of passing cars and wondering. They ate cornflakes and cold tin tomatoes on toast for breakfast that next, the next day. They had just finished when the owner of the hotel came over to their table. Excuse me, but is one of you Mr. Ace Potter? Only I got about... Only got... I got about an hundred of these from the, at the desk. She had... Oh, wait, 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 sorry. Excuse me, but is one of you use Mr. H. Potter? Only I got about a hundred of these at the front desk. She held up... A letter so they could read the green ink address. Harry made a grab for one for the letter, but Uncle Vernon knocked his hand out of the way. The woman stared. I'll take them, said Uncle Vernon, standing up quickly, following her from the dining room. Wouldn't it be better just to go home, dear? Asked Petunia, sixty two hours later, but Uncle Vernon didn't seem to hear her. Exactly what he was looking for, none of them knew. He drove them into the middle of the forest, got out, looked around, sh shook his head, got back in the car, and they and off they w went again. The same thing happened in the middle of a plowed field, halfway across a suspension bridge, and at the top of a multi-level parking garage. Daddy's gone mad, hasn't he? Dudley asked Aunt Petunia. Dudley, late afternoon, Uncle Vernon had parked his at the coast and locked them all inside the car and disappeared. It started to rain. Great drops beat on the roof. Dudley sniggled. It's Monday, he told his mother. The great Humberto's on tonight. I want to stay somewhere with a television. Yes, if it Monday, this reminded Harry of something. If it was Monday, you could usually count on Dudley to know the days of the week. 
because of television, then tomorrow, Tuesday, was Harry's 11th birthday. Of course, his birthdays were never exactly fun. Last year's the Dursley had given him a coat hanger and a pair of Uncle Vernon's old socks. Still, you weren't 11 every day. Actually, you technically were kind of 11 every day, pretty much. Once you, after your 11th birthday, but anyways. Well, yeah, and before midnight. Actually, I think it's the, the minute you were born. I mean, no, technically not. Your 11th, passing the nano, uh, passing the, the, uh, pretty much. Picosecond. I think even less than a picosecond. I a think picosecond is practically the smallest Uh, pretty much the smallest second. Anyways, that doesn't matter, though, so. Yeah, but isn't it like a the, picosecond? The Google Plexif of a second. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, um, yes? It's Monday, he told his mother. The Great Humberto's on. Tonight, I want to stay somewhere with a television. Monday, this one might be serious. Oh, wait, I read this part. Still, you weren't 11 every day. Uncle Vernon was back, and he was smiling. He was also carrying a long, thin package, and didn't answer Aunt Petunia when she asked what he'd bought. Found the perfect place, he, he said. Come on, everyone out. It was a very cold. It was very cold outside the car. Uncle Vernon was pointing at what he, what looked like a large gray rock out sea. Out sea, perched on top of the rock was the most miserable little shack you could imagine. One thing was certain, though, there was no television in there. Storm full cast for tonight," said Uncle Vernon, gleefully clap, clapping his hands together. And this gentleman's kindly agreed to lend us his boat. A toothless old man came ambling, pointing with a rather wicked grin at an old rowboat. Yes. Uh, I think that that guy is a wizard. He is not a wizard. He's a crazy old man. No, I have to say he's probably a wizard because why would, in other reasons, why would he lend it? I think he's just a really crazy old man. He's a wizard. No, he's not a wizard. He's a crazy old man. He's definitely a wizard. They don't mention him any other time in the in the series, so I think he's just a crazy old muggle. No, he's just a wizard that's not mentioned anywhere. I don't think he is a wizard. I think he is a wizard. Fine, whatever. Robo bobbing in the iron gray water below them. I've already got us some rations. I've already got us some rations, said Uncle Vernon. So, all aboard. It was freezing in the boat. Icy sea spray and rain crept down their necks, and a chilly wind whipped their faces. After what seemed like hours, they reached the rock, which... Where Uncle Vernon slipping and sliding led the way to the broken down house. The inside was horrible. It smelled strongly of seaweed. The wind whistled through the gaps in the wooden walls, and the fireplace was damp and empty. There were only two rooms. Uncle Vernon's ration turned out to be a bag of chips, each and four bananas. He tried to start a fire, but the empty chip bags just smoked and shriveled up. Could do with some of those letters now, eh? He said cheerfully. He was in a very good mood. Obviously, he thought that nobody stood a chance of reaching them in here in a storm to deliver mail. He probably agreed, though. He didn't just, though, the thought didn't cheer him up at all. As night fell, he, the promised storm blew up around them. Spray from the high waves splattered the walls of the hut. A fierce wind rattled on the filthy windows. Aunt Petunia found a new, found 
found a few moldy blankets in the second room and made a bed for Dudley on the moth-eaten sofa. She and Uncle Vernon went to the lovely bed next door, and Harry was left to find the softest bit of floor he could and curl up under the thinnest, most ragged blanket. The storm raged some more and ferociously, and more, more and more ferociously as the night went on. Harry couldn't sleep. He shriveled t and turned over, trying to get comfortable, his stomach rumbling with hunger. Dudley's snores were drowned by the low rolls of thunder that start started ne near midnight. The lighted detail of Dudley's watch dialed Dudley Dudley's watch, which was hanging over the edge of the sofa on his fat wrist, told Harry he'd. He'd be 11 in 10 minutes' time. He lay and watched his birthday tick nearer and nearer, and wondering if the Dursley would remember all, wondering where the letter writer was now. Yes, what is it? Um, so, do you think that the person who built the building on the rock had a building permit? I don't know. I think it's so old, it doesn't really, you don't really need a building permit. Anyways, we gotta get reading. <laughs> Five minutes ago, Harry heard something crack, creak outside. He hoped the roof was going to fall in, although he might be warmer if it did. Four minutes to go. Maybe the house in Privet Drive would be so full of letters when they got back he'd be able to steal one somehow. Three minutes to go. Was that the sea splashing, slapping harder on a rock like that? And two minutes to go. What was that funny crunching noise? Was the rock crumbling into the sea? One minute to go and he'd be 11. 30 seconds, 20, 10, 9, 8. Maybe he'd wake Dudley up. Just to annoy him, three, two, one, boom! The whole shack shivered and Harry sat bolt upright, staring at the door. Someone was outside, knocking, come in. Oh, and that's the end of the chapter, folks. Thanks for listening. Oh, and the person at the door is Hagrid. That is a spoiler. Folks, sorry. If you have heard the spoiler, please note that we are unfortunately sorry for that. Bye. I hope you had a good time listening. And remember, I'm Phil, the commentary. Bye now.